ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, September 8th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Hard Seltzer. It is made pure. Our text line is also open at 304-523-2275. Coming up today, we've got more Coach Huff comments. You know he called the students out, right? We're going to hear that. He called the students out and said, look, you show up, you all got to be here, and you all got to stay. So we'll hear that as he's expecting a sellout. He expects a big crowd on Saturday for NC Central. Also, we're going to hear from the reigning Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week, Eli Neal. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming game and, of course, winning Player of the Week. He had an outstanding performance against Navy. So that's coming up on the program as well as your phone calls. We got some action to talk about. Soccer victorious yesterday. I don't know how many of you watched that on ESPN Plus, but I was worried for a while. I was hoping that the herd would just roll over ETSU, and finally I got my wish. The Thundering Herd, I tell you right now, the Thundering Herd are getting better on the soccer front once again, 2-1-1. One, and one. So I'm starting to not worry as much. So we'll get into that, and also we've got other couple of things that are going on with Marshall Golf got some good news today, and uh, we got women's soccer action at home tomorrow. So we're going to talk about all of that with you as well as what is happening in Conference USA. Now, you know that uh, several leagues have come out with their conference policies to basically say, look, this is how we're handling COVID this year. Now, last year we saw cancellations. We saw rescheduling. We saw a lot of games just called and there was no consequences to it. So if a team couldn't maybe play, it was basically no contest, didn't happen, nothing really bad happened. Well, this year, all the conferences are cracking down, and Conference USA came out, and I think they're a little late with this, to be quite honest, a little late on this one, but the cancellation policy released today from Conference USA, and it states that if a team is unable to compete in a regular season conference game or match due to COVID-19, that that team is going to forfeit the contest, which will count as a loss in the conference standings. In this instance, the team that is available to play will be awarded a win in the conference standings. So if Marshall can't play and due to the other team having COVID, Marshall gets the win. In the event that both teams are unable to participate due to COVID, a no contest will be declared. So if both teams have got problems, that's where they're going to just wave it and say, look, no contest. Now, should circumstances within the current scheduling framework allow, rescheduling may be possible. And that means teams that share an open date later in the schedule. So if there is a game that is called off and you can go ahead and reschedule the good news is that the league will allow it. Now, tiebreakers are going to be in place for each conference sport. Those are going to apply to determining champions, division champions, and seeding within conference championship tournaments when applicable. And all of this starts on September 8th and going to be active until rescinded or adjusted by the Conference USA Board of Directors. Now, again, 
These are pretty much the standard policies that have been happening across college athletics. I just find it curious that Conference USA is a little late in just issuing these. These could have been policies that have been in place and we didn't know about it, but I kind of find it. We've already got games underway. We've got the season going on right now in multiple sports, and we finally just get this note from Conference USA that gives the policy. So either they're a little slow on the draw, they wanted to evaluate, or they couldn't get together until now. This is what the policy is going to look like. So here it is. If a team can't compete due to COVID and you really can't make that game up, there's not a circumstance would allow that game to be made up, you're going to have to take the loss. So I think that is really going to force more and more of these athletic departments to take this serious. And I don't mean that they haven't been taking it serious as is, but you're going to have to keep your team responsible. And I'm sure you're going to have players keep other players responsible because you don't want to put all the work in and then find out that you can't go because a few players have jeopardized the game and so you can't play. You want to keep those guys accountable in what they do, and that means mask up and do everything else you possibly can to avoid getting COVID because this year with their, their tools to prevent this, there are ways to prevent this, and so the league is – stepping its foot down a little bit harder when it comes to these things. So that's where we stand with the Conference USA policy. Again, I kind of find it curious, though, that it came out a little later than all the other leagues. I mean, you can you can be in the front, you can be in the middle, you can be in the back. And right, right now, I think Conference USA is still in the back when it comes to a lot of issues. But here it is. That's the policy coming out today from Conference USA. One thing that Conference USA isn't in the back right now, and that is picking the right guy for Defensive Player of the Week, and that was Eli Neal. Had a tremendous game at Navy. We're going to talk about him here in the next few minutes. We'll get your phone calls in. The number 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Let me give you another number, seven. And let me give you another set of numbers, nine to one, nine to one. Now, usually I'm here on Mondays. Uh, Labor Day knocked us off Monday. So here we are on a Wednesday. I, I don't know the usual special because it's always been $1.50 and $2. No, 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 no. Today, the special is 9 to $1, $7, all you can drink, draft, or well. And don't forget, tonight's trivia night starting at 11 p.m. here at the Union Pub and Grill. Again, we're here on a Monday usually today. We're here on a Wednesday. So the specials are different. That's okay. That means it's just another reason why you need to be here at the Union Pub and Grill. All right. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about Eli Neal, one player of the week. We're going to get his thoughts on that. Also, what does college football realignment look like? Well, according to Pete Thamel, it should make sense instead of being formatted for television, and it would be a major undertaking to get all of the conferences to maybe realign in a situation that makes sense for geography. We'll go over what his thoughts are. I looked at whatever the proposed Marshall League is, whatever Marshall's League is in, and uh, I'm telling you right now, um, I'm, I'm almost on board with this, kinda, maybe. Um, it doesn't change really too much for Marshall, so I don't see much of the benefit here, but we will talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're here at the Union Pub and Grill. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Your player of the week on the defensive side of the ball in Conference USA was Eli Neal, and uh, that was a good choice. Eli had a great game against Navy, and you look at what Navy was able to do, and it wasn't much as far as offense, defense. Marshall just outsized them, and you look totally at what Eli was able to do. I mean, he was every time you saw the ball, you you looked and you saw Eli Neal was right there with either a tackle or a sack, so he had a really a great game, and. I think he's already buying into what Coach Huff is offering, what he's selling, because when he was asked about it, about winning player of the week, he was pretty humble already. Um, to me right now, you know, I just want to take time and just thank my defense, honestly. Thank my defensive coordinator and thank the D-line. You know, they gave a great push and just opened up those uh, rush lanes for me this weekend. And, you know, it was just my turn. You know, this week is going to be a lot of different guys making a whole bunch of plays. And he's right. It's going to be very difficult this week because it's going to be change of pace. I'm not saying that NC Central is going to do anything that's exotic, but you got to go from taking on the triple option back to taking on a standard offense, a standard defense. And Eli was asked about facing what is considered now a more traditional team. Well, I think we're going to handle it well. I think it's a lot easier, you know, being able to run your defense that you've been working on, you know, since spring rather than, uh, practice for a one-time thing. You only face a triple option one time this year, and I feel like that was a lot harder to switch over from our defense to a triple option rather than um, our from a triple option to our regular defense. So he's ready to go. He's ready to see what a, a more traditional team looks like. Uh, and I'm, I'm with him there on that. So Eli Neal, your defensive player of the week, feeling that if you look at really how this team performed, everything that Coach Huff has been talking about is you know, this is going to be a team that's going to be fit. This is going to be a team that will be able to compete in the fourth quarter. They're not going to be tired. And he talked a little bit about that because that played a factor in this game. I mean, triple option might wear you down, right? Not Marshall. Marshall was looking pretty fresh on the, the fourth quarter side of the clock. And Eli talked about just not wearing down in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, since Coach Hope came in, we preach about the fourth quarter. and um, He just got us ready throughout practice um, each and every day, especially two spotting, like uh, Alex said before. Um, we come from doing maybe like 100 reps, somewhere close to 100 reps um, at practice. So then once we get into the game and you're running 60, 70, maybe even 80 plays, you still got 20 left in the tank. So, um, you know, shout out to Coach Hope for the, this two spot. You know, it's not as fun when you're doing it, but – it pays off on Saturdays. Yeah, the practice is to be hard, so the game on Saturday is to be easy. I mean, that is what Coach Huff has talked about. And so they're getting a lot of reps. They're getting a lot of reps so they can be ready for game day. And they go out, and, and they're just executing and having fun. Now, Eli studying the film, taking sort of a, a look at what NC State does. And uh, I'm sorry, NC Central. Be looking at the wrong film if he's looking at NC State, don't you think? If NC Central 
is a team that comes in with a, a, a couple of different wrinkles. I mean, you wouldn't know it, but Eli talks about what they do on offense. Uh, they're an RPO team. They got a, a big old line and a, a quarterback that's not afraid to use his feet. We got a pretty decent on run our defense this week, you know, and not have to play the triple option this week and just get a chance to fly around in a, a packed stadium this week. I knew, uh, run our defense this week, you know, and not have to play the triple option this week and just get a chance to fly around in a, a packed stadium this week. Yeah, he talked about that. Pack Stadium, that's something that this team has been looking forward to here since last season, getting an opportunity to get back into a situation where there's going to be possibly a full house. Everyone's going to be excited to see this team, what they look like in person for those that maybe didn't make the trip to Navy. And Eli just talked about that feeling, getting ready, going to be playing in front of the home fans, going to be home playing in front of the fans. Um, this is what the fourth quarter program is all about, you know, being able to come out here and um, entertain our fans and just being able to have a good time and actually feel that college atmosphere that we missed so much um, in 2020. You know, it's going to be fun. I just can't wait to see it and just being able to fly around and go make plays in front of our hometown. So he's excited about that. Now, he was asked a question about his coach. We, we all watched the game, and you saw Coach Huff on the sideline, and he was excited. He was energetic. You hadn't seen that on the sideline in years, that type of energy from a head coach as far as just running around, chest bumping, doing things like that. And, and that's not a knock on Doc Holliday. That just was not Doc Holliday. Different style of coach, different way of going about business. And so Coach Huff, he's a younger guy, obviously. He's much younger than Doc. And so he's going to be energetic. He's going to still be able to have some hops and, and go out there and, and do things like that and, and just be animated and excited on the sideline. And Eli was asked, was that fun just seeing Coach Huff run around and do things like chest bumping? That's a lot of fun. You know, it's just a guy that has as much fun with the game as we do. And um, I feel like a lot of our coaches are like that. I know specifically my defensive coordinator is the same way, you know, plays the game and coaches the game with a bunch of passion. And, you know, it's just it's easy to play for someone like that. It's easy to uh, give your all for somebody that's going to show you that they're going to give their all to you. They got it. He has as much invested in the game as we do. So, you know, it makes it a lot of fun, you know, to just see a head coach to be able to jump up and down and with excitement just tell you to keep locking in throughout the game. Plus, it's good to not worry about your head coach if he's going to, like, break a hip or anything. So, you know, he's just still a young guy. He can do all of that. Now, the game itself, Eli has an opportunity to go out there, I'm sure, have a big game. You're taking on an NC State team. Again, I got to get that out of my head before Saturday. NC Central. It would be fun, though, if they were taking on NC State. I'm not going to lie. But you look at NC Central, they come in here. This is a team that they're going to be a little bit more evenly matched as far as the weight is concerned. This is not going to be a team that is smaller like Navy. They're going to match Marshall in size. What that translates to on the field, that's another story altogether. But nobody's overlooking this team. Coach Huff is giving them respect. Coach Huff is making sure that his team is giving them respect. Eli Neal, one of the leaders on this team, making sure that this team is getting all the respect it deserves. No, sir, not at all. And, um, you know, I've said this a couple times before, but for the most part, this is a player-led team. So, you know, we, we try to keep, keep each other in check. And um, Coach Huff always talk about a, a temperature gouge. You know, we don't want to get too hot and get too cold. We always want to bring it uh, right back um, to center and just keep it steady throughout this week. So, 
Um, just coming in this week, you know, there definitely was a point of emphasis that uh, this is a big game and not because of who they are or, or what they do. It's just because it's the next game and it's the next week. So uh, we're not taking any opponents lightly. Not taking any opponents lightly, and that's what you got to do. Y you know it's different terminology, but Doc would always talk about, you know, on any given Saturday somebody's going to lose that shouldn't, and you don't want to be that team. Well, if you look at this game, Marshall shouldn't lose. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way, that Marshall's just going to roll out there and the other team's just going to roll over because it's Marshall and they should win. So watch out for NC Central and Marshall at least giving them their due respect and making sure that you don't come in with uh, too much energy overlooking this team or too little energy because you're not interested in this team. And if you're a Herd fan, you don't care the opponent. You don't care. You're, you're not looking to go to the Marshall game because it's NC Central. You're going because Marshall is playing. You know, I, I know there are some who maybe look at this game and go, oh, okay, it's an, it's an FCS school, big deal, not exciting. No, you don't care about that. It's Marshall. Marshall is playing. And Coach Huff called out the students. We're going to hear about that a little bit later on. Coach Huff doesn't care the opponent, just that you should be there. And especially the students should be there. So we're going to get into all of that a little bit later on with Coach Huff. Now, something else I wanted to get into here. I've been looking over this uh, sort of this scratched-out plan by Pete Thamel, trying to figure out what maybe the group of five is going to look like. And really, I don't know if it's going to be a group of five, group of six, group of seven, because you know it's going to happen here. It's, it's basically happening. We haven't got the official word yet at least as of me sitting down here at the Union, but you're going to have Cincinnati join the Big 12, right? You're going to have BYU join the Big 12, right? Houston going to the Big 12. UCF going to the Big 12, right? All of that is basically close to being completed. And so what does that mean for the rest of the conferences that are going to have to maybe fill some of the gaps? Because you have a situation where the American is probably going to try to fill some of those gaps. You're losing Cincinnati. You're going to lose Central Florida. You're going to lose Houston. And so what do you do there? Well, usually what has happened is you have conferences cherry-pick some of the best teams from other leagues to kind of try to fill the void. It's happened before. I mean, Marshall has seen it happen in its time in Conference USA. And the mistake was made to bring teams in based on television market, which was a terrible idea because I don't care if you're based in Texas or not. You're, if you're Rice, you're not dominating the television market. You're not. Just be honest. You needed to bring teams in to try to fill the gap here. And if you were Conference USA at the time, you're thinking, okay, you know, Conference USA is one of the best group of five conferences. So you should be able to go out and get the best of the best that's out there and maybe strengthen. And the game plan should have been to be the very best of the group of five, whatever you want to call it. Well, the American has taken that mantle. You know, they even profess, and they even have the, the merch, Power 6, P6, which, sorry, there's no P6, and pretty soon there won't be P5. It might be just P4, the, the way the Big 12 is going. But there's a sort of a, an idea that, you know, maybe when you do realignment once again, instead of looking at what television markets look like, why don't you look at what makes sense for the league? So I'll give Pete Thamel credit. 
he put together some interesting leagues. He doesn't have specific names. He's got a West Coast league, and it's got teams like Hawaii, Fresno State, Air Force, Boise State, things like that. And then you look at some of the other leagues he put together. And now let's look at what he put together for the Southwest League. And again, this is just one man scratching on a napkin. You know, we could do this exercise and maybe come up with something similar or different. But and what Pete Thamel was coming up with, a Southwest League would look like this. 16 teams, right? 16 teams. And you would have two divisions, Tulsa, SMU, North Texas. So there's a Conference USA team going. UTSA would be in this thing. Texas State, Rice, you can have that. You can have UTSA. Arkansas State, Memphis. I don't see Memphis joining this thing. But that's, um, that's where he's looking at. And then Division Two in this Southwest League, he's looking at Louisiana Tech. I'd hate to see them go, but at the same time, you can have them. Louisiana, Louisiana, Monroe, Tulane. I don't see Tulane joining this thing. Uh, UAB, Southern Miss, so you would lose those teams. And those are teams that I actually like to have in Conference USA. Southern Miss, once it becomes good again, it's going to be one of the, the flag waivers of this conference, whatever the conference looks like. And he, he has Troy and South Alabama. Okay, this, this, take, this makes sense geographically. And then he's got a Southeast League, and this is where you would be interested in. The Southeast League, he put together, he's got FAU, two divisions, two divisions. FAU, FIU, okay, two Florida schools. USF, okay, so you're grouping those schools together. Then you're grouping Georgia State and Georgia Southern together. And then you throw in Middle Tennessee and you throw in Liberty, and that's Division One of this two-division league. And then... In Division Two, you have Coastal Carolina, Charlotte, East Carolina, Appalachian State, Marshall, Western Kentucky, and Old Dominion. So right here are some things that I like. One, Marshall, Western Kentucky for one. I like that. I'm all on board with Marshall being in a league with Western Kentucky if possible. I like the rivalry. Marshall and Appalachian State, I'm on board with that too because I really like having a matchup with a team that I can I can relate to. You can drive the boon. You can get the boon. You can be a part of a game between Marshall and Appalachian State. East Carolina has become a friendly rivalry. There's a connection there. There's a history there. Okay, I'm cool with that. And then you got in the division that you're in, you got Old Dominion that hasn't built into anything major yet, but okay, there's some familiarity there. Charlotte, same thing. I mean, if you're a soccer and you're Coach Grassy, yeah, that's a big deal. And then you get Coastal Carolina. And I kind of like Coastal Carolina. There's not that much history here, but at least with Appalachian State, East Carolina, Western Kentucky, there's some history there in that division. And then on the other side, you do have some history with the Florida schools, but do you really miss them? Would you miss them? Would you miss FAU, FIU? But there's Georgia Southern sitting right there. And again, depending on your age, where you grew up on the Marshall timeline, if you grew up during the Southern Conference era, you know, you see Georgia Southern, you go, oh, hey, that's a, that's a matchup I want to see. At least I say that. I don't know where you rank on that, but I like a Georgia Southern. I like being in a conference with them because, again, it goes back to the Southern Conference. I like the Southern Conference days more than the MAC. Some people like the MAC the first time, happy to be back in the MAC the second time. For some, all you know is the MAC. That was where you started on the timeline. For others, you just joined this thing. So it just depends on where you're at on the timeline. 
as to where these schools maybe rank for you, where they are as far as your interest is concerned. And of course, you look at the Midwest League that Thamel came up with. It's, it's basically the MAC, just about. It's Miami, Ball State, Bowling Green, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Ohio. That's Division One, Division Two, in his Midwest League, the MAC. Toledo, Akron, Kent State. You got Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, New Mexico, Wyoming, UTEP, and uh, New Mexico State. And again, um, uh, let's see. No, I'm sorry, I, I flipped my page wrong. It, no, it's the MAC. Let me correct that. It's Toledo, Akron, Kent State, Temple, UConn, UMass, and Buffalo. So, all right. Uh, I don't know if I'm all on board with that league, but you know, do you try to put something together that makes more sense geographically, or do you try to put something together that's going to attract eyeballs and try to attract a better television package? And to be quite honest, if you're not in the big four, and I don't know what the – Big 12 is going to look like to the TV rights holders. But if you're not in at least the big four, you're not getting the big TV money. So do you go with what will generate more TV money or do you go with what would generate maybe something that's a little bit more sound and logical for scheduling, maybe generate more interest among your alumni and your fan base and make this a league that's a little bit more sustainable because you can travel to most of these venues here. You're not flying all over the country here. Marshall should not have to go to Texas to play a football game unless it's a one-off. Texas schools should not have to fly to Charlotte to play a football game unless it's a one-off or it's a just an interesting matchup you want to come and put on your schedule now and then. All right, that's what at least a potential realignment could look like. Again, it's not going to happen this way. It's not going to shape itself anywhere near what this is. What's probably going to happen is uh, these schools, if it does happen, they're going to go to the Big 12, and then it's going to be a free-for-all. Will the Americans start grabbing teams out of the Sun Belt in Conference USA? Will Conference USA be the aggressor? Will the Sun Belt be more of an aggressor? Will some of these leagues just say, look, we're good, we're, we, we like what we've got, we're going to stay put? Whatever happens, it's going to be interesting to say the least. When we continue, we got Coach Hoff getting ready for the opponent this week. Marshall taking on NC Central. We'll get Coach Hoff's thoughts on the opponent when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Up and grill, it's not our normal day. We're usually here on Monday, but of course the way the schedule worked out this week, we're here on Wednesday. That doesn't mean you can't have fun on a Wednesday at the Union Pub and Grill. Don't forget, coming up tonight, 11 o'clock is gonna be trivia. From 9 to 1, $7 all-you-can-drink draft or well. Guess what? You should get down here to the Union Pub and Grill. Coach Hoff getting set for NC Central this week. Thundering Herd going to be opening up first time under Coach Hoff in front of the home fans. And you look at what this game offers. It's a team that Coach Huff is familiar with, not specifically from the X's and O's of the opponent itself. 
at least his current rendition, but he's familiar with this team, the tradition, the history, what this program is about. If you look at what this team is about, it's a team that looks like it's on the rise. It had a successful game against Alcorn State, beat Alcorn State 23-14. to And you look at what Marshall has got to deal with here. Marshall has got to go into a situation where you're taking on a team out of the MEAC. You're taking on a team that, on paper, some would have you to believe this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be over by halftime. And you look at this situation, and I mean, you, you might worry, okay, are, are the players going to overlook this team? You, you don't know exactly. Well, uh, rest assured, I'm pretty confident here. Coach Huff knows what NC Central is all about, and he talked about them. He has a history with them. He played against them when he was a player. So here's Coach Huff talking about NC Central and what this team's about. Yeah, um, obviously North Carolina Central, um, when I played, my uh, my college, Hampton University, was in the MEAC, um, and North Carolina Central was in the MEAC. So um, a lot of history and tradition at that university. Uh, when you watch them on film, you know, it, it's, I won't say scary, but it's concerning because they have good size. You know, and when we played Navy, um, the one thing we thought we had an advantage over was just pure size. And, I mean, it is what it is. Their, their recruiting philosophy, what they do, size, we had an advantage. Um, I think we're probably going to be even in this game, you know, on both sides of the ball. They've got some really big receivers. Um, their O-line's got length. They've got some tight ends that look like O-linemen um, that do a really good job. On the other side of the ball, their linebackers and D-line have length. Um, so, so the size advantage that we took in the last week, I, I think it's probably going to be even. Obviously, they did a really good job in their first game battling a tough opponent. You know, uh, Alcorn had won their conference the year before, returned a lot of players. Um, and what you see is you see a lot of athleticism. You know, they, they have a very um, challenging scheme because it's very similar to uh, kind of what we do as far as running the ball, you know, moving the tight end, moving the back. Um, the receivers outside are bigger guys, so they can kind of go up and get it. Um, defensively, they're sound in what they do. Um, they pressure with a, with a purpose. You know, it's not just kind of calling pressures here or there. Um, so it's going to be a challenge. I know a lot of people say, oh, man, you, you won the first game. Now you got North Carolina Central. As a coach, when you put the film on, you, you're not looking at the logo on the helmet. You're looking at the, the execution. And what you see, and, and we have a one-game synopsis because the coaching staff is a little bit new. Um, and what you see in that Alcorn game is a team that can execute. Um, and, and that's something that we're going to have to be prepared for moving forward. Here's a, a coach that knows the opponent to a degree, understands the opponent, respects the opponent. And I think you're going to see, doesn't matter the team on the schedule. It could be ECU. It could be Appalachian State. It could be any of the Conference USA opponents. Any team that is going to be on the schedule is going to probably be treated with the detail and care that you saw with the Navy game. Now, he did mention, you know, he, he doesn't have maybe much on NC Central, at least on this version. And he talks about preparing his offense against a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, well, it's a little bit different. Offensively, we only have one game because their defensive coordinator is new. Um, so that makes it a little more challenging. You know, I'm sure, you know, they've had an extra week to kind of prepare. So I'm sure they didn't run everything in their playbook, 
you know, in that one game. So we're a little bit, um, you know, kind of in a cookie cutter with what we're able to kind of assume they're going to do versus what we see they do. Um, so it, it always comes back to us. We, we got to execute. You know, we, we got to be consistent in our performance. Um, I talked to the players this week about it. You know, it, it's one thing to go out and play well one week, but winners versus any team have consistency in performance. When people bought a ticket to see Michael Jordan play, they didn't buy a ticket, and, man, he only scored two points today. And then the next week he scored 50 points. Consistency in his performance is what you do. So I talked to the entire team about making sure that we understand, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the circumstance in the game, consistency in performance is what we're trying to create so that when, whenever that is, when we need to make a play or we need to – you know, have a drive or a stop. It's something we've been doing continuously throughout the season, not just, oh, this is X game, we need to be ready to play, or this game is, is different because the opponent is not in our conference, or whatever it may be. Um, so consistency and performance. So offensively, we've got to be consistent. We've got to block, we've got to tackle, we've got to throw, we've got to catch. Um, then what we also have to be prepared for is the adjustment because they're going to do something that we haven't seen on film. we got really one game. We can go back and look at their players in other games, but we don't have as much of a library like we did with Navy where we could go back four and five years and say, hey, they've been running this play for five years. we got to be prepared for it. Um, so our players are going to have to do a really good job of adjusting on Saturday. He's got a good point. you know, you got one game, and – you know teams are going to come in. This is an opportunity for NC Central to come in and and shock everyone, win a big game against a Division I opponent like Marshall. And so you know they're going to be throwing everything they possibly can, the kitchen sink included. So Marshall can't go into this game sort of thinking, oh, this is a FCS team, this is a team from a lower division. You really you got to be prepared. And you listen to Coach Huff, and he talked about that. He was asked about it. He talked about his players being ready to play. It doesn't matter that they're an FCS opponent. No, I mean, we respect every opponent, you know. So if we were playing Huntington High School, we would prepare the exact same way if we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think when you have, you know, games that are bigger, you guys, you know, you guys hear me all the time. It's one game at a time, and there's no, no bigger game on our schedule than, than, than another game. When you have those, you know, hey, you know, this team is the underdog and they're going to play hard. When you have that in your message as a coach, I think you create peaks and valleys in performance. Because if the players feel like, well, this game means more to coach because it's his first game, but the second game he's kind of like, oh, well, you know, the, the, the fundamentals and the principles and values don't really, you know, matter, then they feel that. So every game is the same to us. So, you know, North Carolina Central is, is a good opponent. Um, do we have some, uh, you know, some advantages in certain positions? Yes, yeah, same way we did against Navy. Do they have some advantages in certain positions? Yes, yeah, same way we did against Navy. But, again, it goes back to how consistently can we execute on Saturday, how well are we going to prepare, and then ultimately, as a team, what's going to be our competitive character on Saturday? Those three things, regardless of the opponent, are always going to be the same. And when you do that – you should get consistency in your performance. 
Consistency is what Coach Huff is looking for, not only from the team, but the fans. We talked about this yesterday. He called the fans out, not by name. Well, okay, yeah, he did. He called the students out. What has been one of my biggest pet peeves at Marshall University is following the herd covering the game is that for some reason, the student body, the, the student body has not been engaged with Marshall football on a game day. Now, whatever the reason may be, maybe students are working on a Saturday because they got to pay their way through college. I get that. I completely do. Maybe you're going home. You're going home on a Friday night so you can watch a man play or you can watch polka play and get your laundry done. You, you just leave in Huntington on a Friday and you come back on a, on a Sunday night. You're not sticking around for the game here. Well, whatever your reason, I don't think Coach Huff wants to hear that. Instead, I think Coach Huff wants to basically make it known that if you're a student, you need to be at the game. If you're a student, you need to be at the game, and you also need to stay at the game because how many times have people seen the score, halftime, Okay, Marshall's jacked up an opponent. All right, it's time to hit the West lot. We'll see you later, Coach. That is not what Coach Huff expects out of you. And here he is calling out students, calling out fans, saying, look, you better be there. You better stay there. Yeah, I, 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 I expect a sold-out crowd, just like the people that buy a ticket expect a good product on the field. Um, we do our part. The community, the fan base has got to do their part. If we're going to take that next step as a program and be a national program, everybody's got to do their part. Everybody's got to pull the rope in the same direction. So every fan, every alumni, every person that's going to root for us or root against us, your responsibility is to show up on Saturday. Just like my responsibility is to prepare this football team to show up on Saturday. So I expect... Matter of fact, I expect to sell out with people like calling over the fences over there at McDonald's like they did back when they had the Ronald McDonald uh, blow up over the stadium when they won the championship. Um, that's my full expectation. I expect every student to be at the game on Saturday, the entire game. Um, I don't expect, oh, well, the game's over, so we're going to leave midway through the third. I don't expect that. If we're going to be the program that we want to be, it's going to take everybody doing their part. My part is to make sure that the team is prepared and the team executes on Saturday. The fans, the community, their part is to show up, show out, come early, stay late. We're all in this together. So Eli Neal's responsibility is to tackle the football. The fan in Section 109, Seat 7, is to stay in that seat the entire football game. And if we all do our part, we can do something really special here at Marshall. But it's going to take all of us. 109, seat 7. I'm writing that down right now. You, sir, have or ma'am, you have been put out and called out. If you are in section 109, seat 7, you better be there. I'm going to be checking on Saturday, too. We're going to be checking that seat. Make sure you're there. If not, Coach Huff is going to have words with you. I mean, that's pretty bold. Did you ever hear Doc Holliday say, hey, I expect the fans, all the students, to be there, and I expect all the students to stay there. Did you ever hear that? No, I don't think you did. And here's Coach Huff, he, he's not caring. He's basically like, look, you want to make something happen here, you better show up and stay. And that doesn't mean, okay, Marshall has won. It's the third quarter, and Marshall has basically put this team away. It's time for you to go hang out on the West lot. He's not having that. He's not wanting that kind of fan base. He wants a fan base that shows up, 
and stays and be a part of this rebuild and be a part of this team. That's Coach Huff calling the students out. We're going to keep that one on file. I think we're going to be playing that cut again and again and again. We're going to wrap it up when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Wrapping this one up, the 10th ranked Marshall men's soccer team gets victory number two, defeating, and this is one of my favorite teams to beat in the Southern Conference or back in the day, East Tennessee State. Marshall wins 4-1. Thundering Herd improves to 2-1-1. and Also, the Thundering Herd golf getting honored today, the golf program. Fifth-year senior Noah Mullins named Conference USA Golfer of the Week. And Marshall Women in action taking on Radford. That's coming up Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Radford coming into this one 4-0-0. Marshall a improved 2-3-1. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I mean, Herb's already turning the music on to play me out of here. That's how bad he wants to get the music going again and get everything happening here at the Union Pub and Grill. Come on down. Tonight's the night. Trivia night coming up at 7 o'clock. For our producer back in the studio, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.